Lord, thank you for this group. Thank you for what remains. There's always a remnant, and uh, you just love your people. And so show us what that looks like today. God, remind each person here with whatever struggles they're facing, whatever trials they're facing, that they're not alone, that you're with them. But also, Lord, make them brave and courageous in you today, Jesus. By your Spirit, do something that only you can do. Do what you can do right now, Lord. We just sang about it. Do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so Acts chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, smartphones, whatever you got. We're going to start right at the beginning. Verse 1. If you can, take notes today. I think there's some things in here that you will want to kind of chart down and, and put into practice for your week. So in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. All right, so we've witnessed the last several weeks. We're going through the book of Acts. The amount of people who are now followers of Jesus, that amount is growing. The crowds are being massive. People are filling the streets. But just like in any movement, as it grows, as the amount of people increases, uh, it's natural for conflict to increase. Uh, One of my more depressing sayings is, more people, more problems. Uh, you're so encouraging, Pastor Dan. But uh, as, you know, as the crowds arise, conflict arises. And so here we got, we got the Hellenistic Jews. They're complaining against the Hebraic Jews. Why? Because their widows aren't getting a fair share of the food that's being distributed. Hellenistic Jews, for the most part, these would be people, the Jewish people, they probably spoke Greek. I mean, they're wildly influenced by Greek culture. They dressed like Greeks, often had Greek names, possibly maybe even moved to Israel from other nations. One of the real surprising things about both of my trips to Israel, and if you've been to Israel, you'd probably say the same, is how much Greek and Roman culture had influenced that area. Anyone else surprised by that? I was like, what? Like, I, it didn't even cross my mind before that that Greek and Roman world would have had such an impact on the Holy Land. I mean, you see it with columns and mosaic patterns and bathhouses. I mean, it just really uh, influenced the Holy Land. So you, you see the Hellenistic Jews. You also got the Hebraic Jews. They're people they are born and raised in Israel. They speak Hebrew, or for many people, they probably spoke a language that's really similar to Hebrew. You know, Jesus spoke it. You've heard of this before, Aramaic, right? So you got one group complaining about the other. Now, as a pastor, that does not surprise me. I get to hear my share, uh, fair share of complaining. I'm not going to give you any specific examples of complaining right now, because that would be talking about one of you, and that would not be very nice of me to do. But alas, complaining in church is still very much alive and well 2,000 years later. So here we are. They got a problem. They're complaining. But like any good leader, the leaders have to decide what they're going to do. You have to come up with a solution as a leader. So this is what happens. Verse 2. The twelve gathered all the disciples together and they said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So the twelve, they're like, hey, we have a job to do. We're ministering the Word. We're praying. We're preaching, teaching. So we need some other people to lead this thing, to organize 
taking care of the widows. So it looks like to me that they're creating this new position, again, of overseeing the distribution of food. But notice, and this is important, notice they're not just looking for a warm body to do it. They're not even just looking for a hard worker. Again, I think this is common in church. It's, you have so few volunteers, you're just looking for someone uh, that is willing to do it. But who are they actually looking for? It says they're looking for someone who is to be known, who has the reputation of being full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. This is really important for us to hear today. If we're really going to be taking care of the widows properly, they're saying we need someone that's known, someone that's recognized by others as being full of the Holy Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit and wisdom. And I love that. I mean, I, I hope that we have that same attitude here regarding every position here at the church. Don't you want those that are teaching our children to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? The ones taking care of our little ones in the nursery, may they be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Don't you want the person leading our hospitality ministry, Kathy Ford, don't you want her, uh, the one overseeing our ushers and our greeters, don't you want her full of the Holy Spirit? I, I know for me, the person overseeing coffee and snacks, may they be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I love some good coffee. Praise the Lord for the coffee we have here at the church. Or right now, we have a lot of needs in the church. I don't even need to say that. You're the ones walking through it. You're the ones hurting and so we have some pretty serious challenges that we're facing. And so we need those that are leading the LifeSpring care team to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. I mean, I could go on. Our prayer ministry, our worship team, our sound team, video team, outreach team, our women's ministry, men's ministry, next level classes, life groups, the list goes on. But oh, may you be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. This is, by the way, I take, uh, why I take our leadership team here at the church very seriously. I don't just throw anybody up there. I'm pretty stubborn about it. I pray. I seek counsel, wisdom. I pray to the Lord because it's so important that every single thing that happens here at LifeSpring, that those leading these ministries, again, you need to be full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. And then when you do that, when you are walking that way, that releases me to do what God is calling me to do as your pastor and your shepherd. On a very similar note, if you want to be used by God, like we've been reading the past few weeks, few months, then please get in the habit. Start committing daily to being intentionally filled with the Spirit of God. Intentionally say, God, I need you. Fill me today. Because as you live filled with the Holy Spirit, the leaders around you, the godly people of influence around you will begin to take notice. It is not hard to look different than the world these days, but they will begin to take notice. They will begin to recognize and they will say, you are someone that is known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And we want you to join the team. Again, the harvest is ripe. The workers are few. But godly leaders in this season, a challenging season, leaders such as myself are looking for godly people. I'm looking for people of real faith who are still pressing in, regardless of circumstances, regardless of your situation, that you are filled with the Spirit, that you are filled with the fruit of the Spirit. You have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control dripping on your life. So that's what they're looking for. They decide to choose seven people to 
lead this ministry. Seven, like I'm happy if I got one, right? Praise the Lord. Have you ever been in church ministry? We're like, we got one. But again, there's some wisdom here. Take note of what they're saying. They found seven that are full of the Spirit. And I, I do feel like, I, I feel like a bit of a broken record the past few months. I'll say it again. With this number seven, right away I thought again, this is the Lord telling us, do not try to do this alone. Do not try to do this alone. We're better together. If you feel like God is asking you to do something, calling you to do something, start something. And the Lord's always doing that, right? He's giving us ideas, fresh vision, fresh dreams, all those types of things. If he's asking you to do that, one of the first things you need to do is pray to the Lord. Ask who you could uh, ask to come along with you so you're not doing it alone. By far, I get myself in the most trouble when I try to do it all on my own. It's never worked. It never will work. And yet, I still try it all the time. Stop it, Dan. Or my dad would say, stop it, Danny. Stop it, right? Don't do that. Link arms with somebody and do work. Link arms and get to work. So they proposed to choose seven. And verse 5 tells us this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen. You guys recognize that name, right? But look at this. Who is Stephen? A man full of faith and of what? Say it with me. The Holy Spirit. So these seven men, they present them to the apostles. But then what do the apostles do? They pray for them and they lay hands on them. So these seven now in charge of this new ministry. And I love this because it's such a big deal. It means so much to the church, to the apostles, to the leaders, to everybody else. It's such a big deal that they actually take time to lay hands on them and to pray for them. And I was thinking about this. And if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, please listen to this. What you're doing right now, it matters. It's a big deal. Whatever it is. Just stop belittling yourself. Stop degrading yourself. What you're doing right now for God and for His kingdom is a big deal. Whatever it is. Whatever role you're playing. Whether it's texting encouraging words. Whether it's sending out uh, encouraging birthday cards. Or volunteering at the harvest party, which was incredible. Or putting together Operation Christmas Child Boxes. I think we turned in like 87 boxes. Amazing. Or donating towards God's work in Ghana. Or volunteering as a greeter. Prayer team or worship team. Camera operator. Coffee maker. Children's nursery. Whatever you're doing here. But then also whatever you're doing out there in the world. Whatever you're doing... In the name of Jesus, it matters. It's important. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Don't write yourself off. Whatever you're doing, it's a big deal. And verse 6 hit me good this week. I was reminded how important it is that you're being prayed for. That those in your life, those around you, are laying hands on you, praying for you. When was the last time, or just, I, I mean this seriously, did anyone this week have someone lay hands on them and pray for them? Raise your hand, really? There's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. Right there, in the back. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to do that. You know, I officiated a funeral on Friday. And by the way, William Peterson, what a man William is. Uh, he was, I, I, I've done a lot of funerals. And yet the words that were spoken over this man's life, the integrity that he had, the character, the just... You knew who he was inside and out. Uh, really left that changed in a, in a lot of ways. I think we all did. We were just gripped by this man, and he really does have a living legacy that will go on forever. And Melanie, we love you. We're, we're praying for you. 
and praise God for William Peterson. But I, I'm at, I'm almost towards the end of it. We did a short graveside after the, the service, and I'm just kind of standing there uh, as the family says their last goodbyes and pays their respects. And good old Jesse Mendoza, you guys know Jesse, right? Jesse did a Jesse on me. He came up to me, he looked me in the eyes, and he said, is it all right if I pray for you? And I said, yeah. I mean, yeah, you bet. And so he lays hands on me, and he prays for me. Just yesterday, Andrew Owens, he's, what, 19, 20 years old. He, out of nowhere, texts me. He says, hey, pastor, can I pray for you? You doing okay? Can I pray for you? Yeah, absolutely, you can pray for me. Just last night, Braden Berger. I mean, these people, I don't know, it just comes out of nowhere. I didn't ask for it. They just, you know, can I pray for you? I'm praying for you. And church, I just want you to hear this. I should not be doing what I'm doing without you praying for me. But also, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because you're all doing something and whatever you're doing matters and it's a big deal. Whatever you're doing, you shouldn't be doing without somebody praying for you. We've got to pray for one another. And this has just got to become way more normal, way more natural to pray for each other. So actually, I want to do that right now. So would you stand to your feet? And I want to pray for you. I want to just... In- encourage you right now to receive from the Lord. This is for you. It's not for the person to your left or to the person to your right. This is for you. This could be the moment that changes your life forever. Right here, right now. I don't have to say another word. Lord, I just pray right now we would receive from your spirit. We'd receive everything that we need right now to do all that you've called us to do. Lord, we're in a posture of receiving. We're in a posture of saying we're a vessel, but a vessel needs to be filled. And so, God, we empty out anything that is not of you, and yet we say, Holy Spirit of God, we receive. We we say right now, fill us again. Fill us fresh. Fill us anew. Because each one of us has an assignment. Some of us, our assignment is to be a mom or to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a wife. Our assignment is to be uh, in this world, uh, to be a follower of you, Jesus. And to be a true follower of Jesus, we know we cannot do it on our own. So right now, just fill us again. Fill us again, that this room would be thick, even as I'm speaking, full of your presence. We know that right now I have some people that are very sick that are watching online. You're watching online right now, and you know that you need the Holy Spirit of God to invade your body. Lord, right now, just do that. That they would be equipped. They would not be lacking. They would have everything they need to do what you've called them to do. Thank you, Jesus. They're not going into this season anemic. They're not going into this season in lack. They're not going into this season uh, without. They're going into this season fully, fully filled to overflowing with the power and the Spirit of God. Touch this church, Lord. These are beautiful people. These are precious people. Holy Spirit, even more, beyond a sermon, just fill this room with your presence. Fill fill this room, Lord, that each one would feel your hands upon them, the touch of your spirit, that they would leave this room bold, courageous, strong, mighty in you, Jesus. Some of you just need to breathe this in today. I know that sounds weird, but some of you just need to breathe this in. Breathe in the presence of God, the spirit of God, that your, your life would be filled with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the word of God spread. Verse 7, the word of God spread. Can I get an amen? Amen. Isn't that cool? Did anybody else want that in 2021? 
Jesus, in my spirit, I think it's going to happen. That's I get it where we're at in the, you know, in the natural, but in the supernatural, I just think the word of God is going to spread like never before. It says the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Can I get an amen? That's good, right? But check this one out. A large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Amen. Did you know that was in the Bible? That's pretty wild, right? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. The same religious system that so vehemently rejected Jesus. A large number of priests from that system. They, what? They follow Jesus. That really got me going. I was thinking about, like, what system right now in your world feels hopelessly lost? Maybe for you, you think it's the social media world. Maybe for you, you think it's the political world. Maybe you think it's politics. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you think, man, just there's no way anything good could happen in my family. Again, you're dreading Thanksgiving. But I think it quite possibly could be that it's right there where God is ready to do His best work. I mean, come on. Literally, they say a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Well, may it be said that a large number of TikTok and YouTube influencers became obedient to the faith. Jesus! May it be said that a large number of politicians became obedient to the faith. Hallelujah. May it be said that a large number of your family members the ones you've been praying for for so long became obedient to the faith right here, right now in this season. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now Stephen, a man... Wow, that's powerful to me. (laughs) Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great signs and wonders among the people. Go ahead and keep that verse up there, Stephen. We're going to stop right there because... Church, remember, I just prayed for you, but why did I pray for all of you? Why was it so important for us to lay hands on each other, to pray for one another? It's right here because, see, again, no matter what you're doing for the kingdom of God, big or small, no matter what your assignment is that you have in your life as a follower of Jesus, again, whether you're a preacher or a youth volunteer, a mom, a dad, a grocery clerk, lawyer, mechanic, or the guy leading the food distribution ministry like Stephen is, we want all of you prayed up. We want all of you so full of the Holy Spirit that wherever you are, you are performing great wonders and signs among the people. We've got to catch this. I want you to understand this. This will change your life. Your life might be changed today if you can truly understand this. These signs and wonders isn't just for a select few. It's not just for a couple special pastors on YouTube. It's for everybody. This is a new community established by Jesus' blood. We're not just looking for a few religious leaders to stand up on a stage and do all the work. We're not even just looking for 12 special disciples to do all the work. It is now the priesthood of all believers, where we all carry the presence, but also the power of God's Spirit inside of us. So whatever your role is, whatever your assignment might be, wherever, however, God might be using you in this world for His kingdom, you now do it like Stephen, you do it boldly. 
That's what I prayed for, right? You do it confidently. You do it passionately, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And may you, by God's grace and God's power, may you, in the name of Jesus, perform great signs and wonders among the people in your sphere of influence, all to the glory of God. I'm hammering on this point because I just feel like way too many Christians are giving themselves this free pass from doing the work of the ministry. You've convinced yourself that the stuff, right, the stuff of the ministry, it's for somebody else. The stuff. So like seeing addicted people set free. To seeing sick people with ailments, real ailments, be healed. Seeing people that are broken and fractured become whole and restored. Like the stuff, it's for somebody else. But come on, the guy whose job it was to make sure all the widows get their, you know, happy meal, whatever it was, to make sure that there's a fair share of food for everybody. That guy is the guy who's performing what? Great wonders and signs among the people. It's everybody. The stuff, it's for everybody, including you. Be encouraged today. I hope some of you, maybe you're younger in this room and you didn't know that, but now you know it and I hope it's stirring you up. It's for everybody. And again, this is why it's so important that you remember who you are. This is why it's so important that you read your Bible. It's so important that you're praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. It's so important that you're meditating on the Lord morning till night. That whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life, whatever your assignment might be, may you do it by the grace, power, wisdom of the Holy Spirit, performing many signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Then I want to close with this, and we discussed this last week. Do not be ignorant of this fact. Your obedience to God, when you step out in faith, like what we see in these scriptures, it will face opposition. Just expect it. Right away, this is what Stephen faced, right? He faced opposition. But what did he do wrong? What did Stephen do wrong? Like we, always, we want opposition to be like, well, yeah, because you did that wrong, or you screwed that up, or you, you, know, you, you failed here. That's what all the books are about, right? What you've done wrong, fix it so you can do right. And yet he's done nothing wrong. He took care of widows. How can you be mad at a guy who's taking care of widows? He's performing signs and wonders. He's not sending people to hell. He's performing great signs and wonders. And he's filled with the Spirit of the Lord. He's not filled with the devil. He's filled with the very presence of God. And yet, what is the thanks he gets for living this way? It's it's opposition. That's what he gets. That's the great present in his life is opposition. That's what verse 9 says. Opposition arose. And they began to argue with Stephen. But look at verse 10. Ooh, this is good. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. He follows the Lord. Opposition arises. But they cannot stand against the wisdom that who gave him? Who gave him that wisdom? The Spirit. That the Spirit gave him. Again, I'm a broken record today, but it is so important to, full, to be filled, to receive, to be full of who? Of the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit, His wisdom. Receive from the Lord, receive from the Lord, receive from the Lord. Daily, do whatever you need to do to be filled with the Spirit. I get it. It's hard. It's challenging. But do not do this on your own. Do not do it by yourself in your own strength. But you be filled with the Spirit of God. This is not a season for doing life on your own. I do not think reading your Bible is optional in this season. I don't think praying is optional in this season. I don't think speaking or singing in the Spirit is optional right now. This is not the season for you to be digging up dry, moldy, dusty manna and trying to live your life. This is not the season for any of that. This is the season for you to be filled with fresh manna. To be filled with the fresh Word of God, the fresh spirit of God, because at some point, if you truly want to live for Jesus, opposition will arise. It is coming. It is coming. You're going to have people arguing with you. You're going to have people saying things. You're like, what are you even talking about? And yet they're still going to say it to you. But listen, verse 10 says they could not stand up against the wisdom that the spirit gave him as he spoke. Hallelujah. This is for you today. I hope this encourages you. This is for you. This is a word to your heart today. That the words flowing out of your mouth would come from the words that He's giving you that come from His Spirit. Jesus, He says something really powerful in John chapter 7. He says, Whoever believes in Me, He says, Streams of living water will flow from within them. And in the very next verse, it says he was speaking about who? About the Spirit. Yeah, the Spirit. May the words you speak when opposition arises. Again, opposition arises, you don't cower, you don't run away, you don't kind of just shake around. No, you stand full of the power of God. But may the next words out of your mouth not just be some anger or whatever, all the things of our flesh, but may it be words that come from the river of His Spirit flowing within you. Verse 11, we'll keep it going. I know I'm I'm running late here. He says, Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people. They stirred up the elders, the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen. They brought him before the Sanhedrin. We saw them last week up on stage. And they produced false witnesses. They're testifying, man, this fellow Stephen, he's never stopped. He never stop speaking about this holy place. He never stops speaking against the law. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and Jesus is going to change the customs Moses handed down to us. I was reading those verses. I was like, yeah, reminded again of what Jesus told us. If the world hates you, keep in mind, Jesus says, it hated me first. He also says, you will be hated by all because of my name. And this is what Stephen is facing. Again, all because what? Because of what he's saying about Jesus. Have you noticed in 2021, I can talk about being spiritual all I want, and people are fine with it. Everyone's spiritual. No one cares, right? I'm spiritual. Now, if I say I'm a religious, that gets people a little uncomfortable. Not everyone's a real big fan of religion. So when I say I'm a religious person, it's like, uh. But come on, you know where I'm going with this. When you say the name of Jesus, things get really uncomfortable really fast. Jesus is the dividing line in so many ways. Again, I keep on hearing people tell me, like, oh, I can't say the name of Jesus. I can't say the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus does something, right? There's power in the name of Jesus. And who is Stephen talking about? Jesus. And again, in the natural, it doesn't go real well for him. But supernaturally, aren't you proud of Stephen for what he's doing here? He's speaking the name of Jesus. He's speaking the name of Jesus. 
and there's a hatred that's being stirred up against him. Again, I don't think he's done anything wrong. So where's that hatred coming from? I think it's pure evil. And you're going to see the evil fully expressed in the next chapter. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but chapter 7, we know what happens to Stephen. But I, I don't want you to be ignorant of this fact. You saying the name of Jesus can get you into a lot of trouble. And I don't know if preachers ever even say that kind of thing. Like they always want you to make it, make it sound like everything's going to be great. But actually saying the name of Jesus can cost you a lot in this life. In fact, did you know that Jesus says being a disciple does cost you a lot? In fact, he says it costs you everything. It'll get you in trouble. Huh. But it's up to you, not up to your pastor, not up to somebody on YouTube, not up to your friend, but it's up to you to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know when and how and where to speak his name. That's not for me to tell you. That's not for really anyone else to tell you. But let the Holy Spirit and his discernment that comes from the Spirit know when, where, and how to speak his name. And for whatever reason... Right here, the Holy Spirit is asking Stephen to speak boldly the name of Jesus. And they're not big fans of it at all. And then verse 15, I'll close with this verse. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And this is by far the most moving verse of the day for me. Because as that hatred and the anger is being stirred up against Stephen... Again, a hatred that will eventually cause these leaders, they're going to cover their ears. They're going to rush at him with fervor, with passion, with hate. They're going to drag him out of the city and they will stone him to death. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of evil, sinfulness, wickedness, Stephen has the face of an angel. Don't you love that? Church, I just want you to know this. I see that in you, in so many of you, as you're walking through what you're walking through. I see Christ in you. I see the glory of the Lord in you. I've never been more proud to be your pastor. I love being your pastor. But look at Stephen. He's not filled with fear. He's filled with peace. He's not filled with hate. He's filled with love. I also wrote this down because I think this is what I see in Stephen. He's not confused. He's composed. And he's willing to give one of the most profound speeches ever given. We're stopping there. I'm not going to go ahead of myself here. But let's be honest. You've faced some pretty heavy opposition lately. Again, this week, I heard stories about your places of employment, what you're facing there. I've heard stories about relationship with family members. And family members say really hurtful things. And and it can be hard to be with family. And and you're just struggling. Like, how do I even bring up the name of Jesus at all? But I want to challenge you today. That you would be so filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That you'd be walking by His Spirit. You would be sensitive to His timing. So that when He is leading you, you will speak His name. That you'll be ready, willing, able to do exactly what he's asking you to do, to speak the name of Jesus. And that you wouldn't say it out of spite. Please don't use the name of Jesus just out of anger or jealousy or hate or because you're trying to win an argument or prove a point. I'm exhausted by people misusing and misrepresenting the name of Jesus in this season. But instead, be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, And be ready to speak His name.
with the face of an angel. I'll close with this. When you think of Stephen's face shining like an angel, you can't help but think of Moses, right? I mean, all of us are like Moses, right? Back in the Old Testament, he saw God. It was under the Old Covenant. And after he saw the Lord, his face radiated. After he spent time with the Lord, his face radiated the glory of the Lord. Remember, he had to put a veil over his face. It radiated the glory of the Lord. But the Apostle Paul says that for those of us in this new covenant, the covenant from Christ and what Christ has done for us, he says this ministry of the Spirit. He says this in uh, 2 Corinthians. He says the ministry of the Spirit will be even more glorious. It's a surpassing glory. Paul says this. He goes, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Church, that's what's happening to Stephen. The glory of the Lord is on him. It's a glory that doesn't come through the law, but comes by the Spirit. You need the Spirit today. You don't need Pastor Dan, but you do need the Spirit. I'm happy to be in your life. I love teaching you. But what you need is the teaching of the Holy Spirit. You need the glory that comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You need Him, you need Him, you need Him. You need Him to fill you. You need His wisdom. You need His power. I love that even in this last couple of weeks, in some of my weakest moments have been when people are healed through the prayers that I've been praying. You know why? Because He's strong in my weakness. He's strong in your weakness. You don't even have to be all put together today. You don't have to be like cruising and going 100 miles per hour and just everything's great. You can be a mess today. All you need is to be open, a willing vessel to be used by the Spirit of God. And the glory of the Lord will begin to make Himself known in your life and through your life. Listen to this. He says, all of us who have that veil removed can now see. We, We reflect the glory of the Lord. You reflect the glory of the Lord. Church, be open to that. He says, the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him. So with Moses, remember the glory faded. Guess what? In Christ, the glory doesn't fade, church. The glory of Christ in you, it doesn't fade. In fact, did you know what that's telling us? It increases. It only increases. Whatever you were when you were 48 is different than when you're 49. There's more glory in your life. People see more of Jesus in your life. It's more and more like Him. We are changed into His glorious image. In that same passage in Second Corinthians 3, Scripture tells us, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. So if you're going to do what God is asking you to do, you need to be set free. Some of you are still tied down with fears and anxieties. You're tied down. Or circumstances are tying you down. Or your financial situation is tying you down. Whatever it is, opposition is defining you, right? But I just declare this over your life. Do not let opposition define your life any longer. Do not let circumstances define you any longer. Do not let your enemies, those who hate you, define you any longer. Do not let your financial status, your cultural status, your family status define you any longer. Sure, those things matter. Yes, they might be important, but they do not define you. Let the glory of the Lord define you. Whatever my diagnosis is, whatever my ailment is, whatever my bank account is, whatever my cultural status is, whatever it is, I want you to be able to look at me. And even if you saw something, you wanted to define me by whatever on the outside. 
That you would leave your time with me defined by who I am on the inside, which is I am a vessel. I am a temple and the spirit of God rests well within me. And if you're going to hang out with me, you're going to experience the glory of the Lord. I pray that over you, church, because you're going to go places I'll never go. You're in spheres of influences that I'll never be. And you can't just, I just, I close with it. You can't be like, oh, I wish Pastor Dan was here so he could tell them about Jesus. Because you've thought that before, haven't you? Like, oh. I get that. But he's asking you. I wrote this down and. And it just, when I wrote it, I just, I just, I said that we would be marked by the Holy Spirit of God. Marked. You know what I mean? Like marked, like never the same. And that people could see it on your face. They could see it in your eyes. They could hear it in your words. This man, this woman has the Spirit of God. Don't try to live without the Spirit. We're going to pray here. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. If we can sing that last song, that would be wonderful. But while we sing this song, we're going to have the prayer team up as well. And if I can just make this as normal as possible, I'll be up here too, as normal as possible, to allow a member of our prayer team to simply just put their hand on your shoulder and say, you be filled with the Spirit of God. Now go. Fold the glory of God. Go and fulfill your assignment. So again, if the prayer team could make their way up here, I'll, I'll be up here as well. Again, we don't need to make this weird. We don't need to make this too even emotional. It's just that you on your assignment, and your assignment matters, it all matters, that you would be filled and you could leave her confident that you are trained and equipped prepared doesn't mean opposition won't come doesn't mean it's going to be easy doesn't mean that you still won't face challenges but you'll face them all radiating the glory of God people will see on your face the face of an angel so would you stand with us Holy Spirit I just want to Begin before we even sing a song. Holy Spirit, we just say, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come fresh on us again. Come move in our hearts once again. Renew our minds and change our hearts. Give us what we need today. Give us what we need today. Holy Spirit, some of us need our, just our bones to be rattled today because there's something in us that is dying and we need the life of your Spirit once again. So shake those bones again. Rattle those bones, that those dead bones would come back to life again. Some of us, Lord, we've just convinced ourselves that you aren't working. That whatever we thought you were, you aren't working. And so we've given up on reading the Bible. And yet, God, would you tell us again that your word never fails. Never fails. 
we can trust in your word and that even now there will be a stirring within us, a passion again to pick up the word of God once again and let it just saturate our lives to once again be that fresh manna that we live, that daily bread that we live upon. In fact, Lord, I even sense that. It's kind of weird, but as I said that, I felt like everyone in this room needs to uh, smell what it smells like to have fresh baked bread. It's an incredible smell of fresh baked bread. And he says, that's what my word is going to be for you today. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would be filled with your power. It's hard because when I even say the word power, we know that power is misused so often. That power has been misused in so many evil and demonic ways. But what is the power we're asking for? It's the power to see broken people healed. It's to see prisoners set free. It's to see addicted set free. It's to see relationships that are fractured and torn apart be reconciled and put back together. It's the power to see great signs and wonders of dead things coming back to life. It's not a power to lord it over somebody else, but it's the power to come with the basin and the towel and to serve somebody else. It's the power to come and lower ourselves before someone and say, what do you want? In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would receive what you need in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us that power, the power to humble ourselves and to be a part of your great work in this world. Lord, as people come forward for prayer during this song, I just pray that there would be something in our heart that would know, something in our minds that would know, I've just been filled with the Spirit of God and I do not have to be afraid anymore. I do not have to be afraid anymore. Fear is not my master anymore. But I am going in His power to do more than I could ever think or imagine. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing this together. And again, prayer team's available. Maybe if you guys could spread out and and we'll uh, allow people to be prayed for.